Hello, Motion students. Welcome back to the Motion Students podcast. Um, I am Luke. I'm flying solo today. Um, this is the final recording of, of 2018. Um, so I hope that if you're sitting in uh, class or you're in between finals today, that um, you can kind of tune in and listen to the word of God today. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, um, right here, the, just the first the first eight verses, the first nine verses. And uh, quickly, the reason I wanted to do this podcast was uh, we're closing out the year. I'm kind of going to give us a 30,000 foot view of what went on this year, um, but also kind of dive deep into the word and get ready for uh, next year. And so as we look back on this year, um, a couple awesome moments in our ministry as, as, as a motion student ministries, I think about uh, CIY and the crew that uh, went to CIY with us that bonded together over faith. I think about uh, the Las Vegas missions trip where we had, you know, eight students really, really step out in faith and do some things that really made them feel uncomfortable. But they began uh, to look like disciples because of what the way they were, you know, discipling the people of Las Vegas. Uh, I think about uh, Invite Your One where, you know, we had, you know, 30 you know, regular student, you know, regular attendance uh, students there. And we had like 30 students that had never been in motion um, for the very first time. And so when we look back, God has been really faithful to us. God is good. Um, we can believe in what he has done. Uh, and I'm so excited for 2019 as we focus our eyes on this, the idea of status forward. Um, my favorite thing about this, the status forward theme for 2019 is I feel like most of us already can kind of articulate what the, that means. I think, honestly, I, I think, I, I know I've said the word status forward a lot. I know I've said that we are sons and daughters of, of God a lot. But the truth is that people really don't understand this reality, that people don't get that their status has been freely given to them. So we will work, 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 work. And there's a story that reminded me of this just this past uh, week. Um, I wasn't here this past Sunday, but two Sundays ago, I was sitting, I just had gotten done preaching about the hope that we have in Christ in transit to our middle schoolers. And the, of, of course, you know, kind of the, the twist, the, the, Christ, the Christmas twist was on it that saying, you know, the hope that we have this Advent season is waiting for Jesus. Um, you know, that like, just like the, the, the podcast that we just most recently did about the light, if you haven't checked that out, check it out. It's about um, specifically about the Advent season and what Advent is all about, the anticipation of Jesus. But um, after the message, I had a, I had a um, seventh grade girl come up to me and she said, Luke, I've got a question. And I said, yeah, yeah, what's up? I just got done talking about the hope that we have in Christ. And she says, how do I know if I have that hope? She says, how do I know if I have that hope? And so I began to just ask her some simple questions. I said, okay, so what, what do you think it means to have the hope? You know, that the hope that I just spoke of, the anticipation of Jesus, the excitement that we have, you know, this inexpressible joy that we have uh, when we put our hope and our joy in Christ, you know, what, you know, what do you think that is? That we're like, and she just, she just goes on to explain how she thinks that that hope is, you know, only that you can only get that hope if you just 
um, read your Bible more. And uh, you can get that hope if you pray more. And you can get that hope if you come to church more. And I think, obviously, stepping aside from the legalism, um, that, yeah, that, that can kind of be true if you if you read your Bible more and you learn more of the truth of Scripture, yeah, you'll probably you'll probably get a little bit more excited about that hope. But yeah, if you come to church, you you'll be a part of the body of Christ, and um, you'll be you'll see other believers growing, and you might yeah you might you might get a little bit more excited about that hope. You you might have more hope uh, if you begin to pray more and get on your knees in front of God and pray to him and exalt him and praise him for all that he has done, you know, you might, um, God will, God will bless that. And God will give you, um, you know, a, a more capacity for hope. But I, I had to stop her. And I said, so if you think that's true, then do you have that hope? And her response was, no, 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 I, I don't have that hope. I said, okay, well, have you read the Bible? She said, yes. I said, have you prayed? She said, yeah. I said, obviously, you're here at church, you know. Is is this a normal thing you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I pray, I read, and I, and I go to church. I said, okay, then what's missing? You know, she was she just had this befuddled look on her face, and she says, I don't know. She said, looks at me and says, I don't feel the hope. I don't feel the joy. And students, what I want to remind us of today is that we know that our faith is not a feeling. See, the problem with feelings is that they come and they go. It's like a, you know, like I was explaining at Motion the other day. I'm watching a Pacers game. If we're winning, I'm really excited. If we're losing, I'm pretty bummed. But the game ends. And when the game ends, 10 minutes later, those feelings go by go away. I, they're, they're gone. You know, in the old youth pastor example, you know, you, you talk about drinking or smoking. Those things come, those things go. And so I, well, what I had to explain to her was that this, that faith is not something we feel, but faith is something we put our hope in that we cannot see. Faith is putting your trust in God and someone who you do not see. You guys have heard of me say it at nausea at the first Peter one, eight through nine verse that says, although you do not see him, you love him. And although you do not see him yet, you're filled with this inexpressible joy. It's explaining faith in that moment. And when I told her that you could kind of see the light bulb click for the first time for her. That she had been searching for this feeling. She had been searching for, you know, what happens, guys, is what she had done is what most believers uh, can sometimes fall into, and I've fallen into this myself, is what happens is we try to copy and paste the our worldly experience to our faith experience, right? When I'm beginning to, I remember when I was pursuing Shelby for the first time in, in, in my, my freshman year of high school. You know, everything was, I could only gauge everything off of a feeling. You know, she, oh, she talked to me today. That was a good day. Oh, she didn't text me today. It was a bad day. Or I didn't get to see her or, 
or, you know, maybe the relationship's not working because she didn't text back in five seconds. You know, I mean, we, honestly, we, right, we think this way sometimes. Now, if we copy and paste that exact scenario to my relationship with God, can you imagine me looking at my pastor uh, in, in high school and saying, you know what, I prayed today and God did not answer my prayer. So I, I just don't believe. Or I prayed today and I didn't feel like God had, um, you know, I didn't feel God's presence, right? That, that we can't copy and paste the way we do everything. This is, you know, our faith is not a microwave, right? Or our faith isn't a drive through at McDonald's. We don't just pull in, get what we want and, and leave. And I think that's so, uh, that's the big chasm between, um, you know, you know, the atheists out there, their biggest stat is the church uh, church attendance is 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 decreasing by the day. And I think the reason that church attendance is decreasing by the day is because we continue to to exchange faith for for feeling faith for feeling. And like I, I want to make this clear in our faith journey. We will feel God's presence at times. In our faith journey, we will feel God and, and the comfort sometimes where, you know, we are going through a really, really tough time and God comforts us. That can be explained as a feeling. But we don't put our hope and our trust in God because, and for those feelings, right? Because if we did, we'd be sitting around all day waiting on God when really God has asked us to be an active participant in him. That faith is something that we do not see. Faith is something that we trust and something that we do not see. But trust is putting your hope in the truth of the gospel. And so then I went all full, full circle. And I told the, the girl standing in front of me, I said, look, when you read the gospel, you will begin to grow in your knowledge of God and your knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And then you can kind of begin to engulf yourself in that hope and in that trust. Because when you read about it, it excites you. When you read about it, you're reminded of the truth. And so you want to put your hope in him. You want to put your joy in him. And when you, then your prayer life begins to come around um, the, the scripture and say, Lord, I, I see what you've done. I praise for you for what you did. I thank you so much for the gospel message. And God, the, 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 the fact that you sent your son on the cross, I put my hope and my trust in you because of how good you are. And you see, that's the difference between a feeling type faith and a truth foundationed and a, and a truth based faith. This is, this isn't, I'm not asking for us to get all boring. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't asking her to say, you know, put away all your feelings. No, we're emotional beings and God has made us that way. And that's a good thing. But when our faith is fully on feelings, it will go up and down and up and down. It will have no consistency whatsoever because if we had a really good worship session at CIY. We're on cloud nine. But if we come home and, you know, we missed you know, emotion once or, or, or twice or uh, we didn't like what was happening um, or what the worship band was about, or then all of a sudden we're down. And all of a sudden church becomes about a consumer, you know, a, a consumer style, uh, you know, youth group. And where if you show up and you say, all right, give me what I need. I need a really good message and a really good worship session and a lot of um, you know community time and the perfect game, and then all of a sudden you've you've shown up and you've treated youth group like you treated the grocery store, 
you shoot, you showed up, you, you give them, um, the adequate amount of dollars and you'll get what they, and you'll get your goods and you'll leave. If we treat youth group that way, we are, we're treating it as if, you know, we're showing up and expecting, okay, I need to get something. When in, when in reality, when we show up to youth group, when we show up to church, we're showing up and saying, God, I want to, I want to experience you. God, what do you have for me today? Not God, this is what I have for me. And if I don't get it, I need to go to the next church or I need to do the next thing. This just isn't working for me. Right? We have so many distractions today. And so what I want to reassure us is in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, I'm just going to read the very beginning, that faith, you know, looks a lot like this. And that the day of salvation for those who do not believe is today. We, we, we must put our hope in Christ. And for those of you that have put your hope in Christ, let's stand firm in the gospel and let's read the gospel so that we can be re-energized for we are reminded of the truth. Not based on a feeling, but based, but based on truth of scripture. And so if it's you today asking the same question, I, where's, I don't know if I have faith. I don't feel God. No, no, no. See, right? We, we need to go back to square one and saying, Lord, I believe that you did what you said you've done. And although it's not going to change overnight, I'm not going to wake up and say, oh, yeah, I, I am fully on fire for the gospel. No, no, no. This thing is a journey. The, the justification process says, Lord, I understand my justification that you have made me right in the eyes of the Lord. And then the sanctification process is a long process of us growing you know, step at it, one step at a time, taking our next step in faith and growing. Uh, and, and, and that's going to look like, um, you know, sometimes you're, you're in a season of just absolute growth and sometimes you're in a season that's really, really tough. And God will use both of those seasons for you to grow towards the Lord. But we have to understand that we're justified before we can begin the sanctification process. So in Second Corinthians chapter 6, it says this, verse 1, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I have listened to you. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. I'm going to come back to that verse three. Verse four. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we treated we, we, we are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. You see what 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 Second Corinthians just did, and the, what the letter to the Corinthian church just just did, was saying, "We will be labeled as one thing, but we know the truth. 
You see, when we say status forward, the status portion is coming, obviously has to come first. We have to understand who we are in Christ. This last verse says, um, yet making many rich, it says, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. The world will look at us and say that we have missed it, that we don't get it, that this thing that we call faith is an utter joke. But we say, no, no, no. If we possess faith, that we have everything. That we have everything in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to go straight back here to the verse 3. It says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. See, the first verse says, um, now is the day of salvation. And for those that don't believe, it is now where you can put your hope and your trust in him for the very first time and not base this faith off of a feeling, but base it off truth. But verse three says, for us who know the truth, for us have put our hope in uh, Christ, who us who have already had our day of salvation, that we should put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. See, it says our ministry. The priesthood of all believers. See, it didn't st stop here and say that, uh, you know, that there's there, there may be no fault uh, found in the pastor's ministry or the church's ministry or the worship pastor's ministry or the senior pastor's ministry or the discipleship pastor's ministry. It said that we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found in our ministry. You see, we are the church. You and I, together. See, a pastor's role is to remind people of the ministry. Remind people of the gospel. So often it frustrates me when people, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm on a plane or whatever. They, they ask me what I do. And if I say I'm a pastor, you, they all, all of a sudden they start, you know, sitting straight up and they start telling me all the things that they do for the, you know, oh, I, I, yeah, oh, that's really good to hear. I, I love reading the Bible. It's just, kind of, it's kind of funny. Their natural response is to tell me all the things that they do, even if, if they're a Christian or not. Oh yeah, yeah. I read the Bible. I go to church. I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't, I didn't ask, but um, now that you, you know, good to know. You know, or sometimes I say I'm a pastor and all of a sudden they they shut down and don't speak to me because of my, you know, they think they're going to be judged or some something ridiculous. The, the, the point is my, my title means nothing. I'm a believer in Christ who uh, and, and who 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 wants people to understand the gospel. And if you're listening to this now, I want you to know the gospel and come alongside of me in our ministry of explaining teaching and loving this community for the gospel's sake. And so why do we always say invite, get people here? Because we want them to experience the gospel the same way that we've experienced the gospel. One that's founded, one that's founded in truth, and we've built our, our faith upon that truth foundation. That, yeah, there's feelings in there, and there's excitement in there, there's lows in there. There's highs in there. We've experienced, you know, what it's like to have nothing, and we've experienced what it's like to have everything. But God will sustain us. You see, so when I looked back at that girl out transit, and I, you know, took about 10 minutes to explain to her that this faith thing is not about a feeling. And so if you've been searching for a feeling, no wonder you've not found it. 
you got to look to the scriptures and find truth and then put your hope in that. And then God will come alongside you and grow you and change you and mold you into something that he has called you to be. And that's way, way better than looking for a specific feeling. So if that's you, you're listening and then you don't feel like you've got hope. Man, what would it look like if you just put your hope, your trust in God and your hope would continue to manifest and grow as you learn about God, as you grow with God? As he begins to mold you, you experience what it's like to just, you know what, Lord, I'm going all in. It is my prayer from you motion students, for, for myself, in, in fact, that that we put our hope in Christ, not based on a feeling, but based on the fact that he has done what he said he's done. That he is fiercely, uh, he's fiercely loving us. That he's fiercely approaching us and fiercely chasing us down for his namesake. And that if we put our hope and trust in God, that it is our ministry, you and I, administering the gospel to those who do not know it. Preaching and teaching and loving to the, this community in Greenwood, Indiana, for the, for, the, for the gospel's sake. Let me pray for us. Father God, we, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we thank you for the gospel so much. What would we do without it? God, for those who are have a stronghold in their faith and they're putting their trust and hope in you, God, I pray, Lord, that they begin to share with others what this trust, what this hope is like. And for, for those who do not believe, today is the day of salvation, it says in your word. Let us put our hope and our trust in you, Father. For those that do not believe, bring them to our community. Let our community mold them and love them and, 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 and begin to share the gospel with them in a way that it looks like us not putting things in the way. Not putting, you know, odd and weird stipulations that you have to do this, this, and this, and this, and this to be uh, a Christian. But really, we just we remind them that Lord, the Lord gives us a free status in Christ as sons and daughters. And if we step into that, that we get to experience the hope and joy of what it's like to be a Christian. You know, I think that that word Christian may have, you know, lost some of its, you know, umph in, in, in 2018 because people just... They don't understand what it's like to experience this freedom. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that our students experience the freedom of Christ. That they're not tied down to the ways of this world or having to worry about being judged on their, you know, self-management or image management or, or their popularity or, or whatever that may be. Father, that, 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 that you, are, you are made righteous through our lives because... We are glorifying you, and our, our sole purpose on this earth is to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you're taking a, a, a final here in 20 minutes, good luck. Don't fail. Uh, don't do what I did most of the time, and just you know take the, the 30 minutes of study hall, um, the, 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 last second, the last 30 minutes of study hall to study for my biology exam. So um, love you. Uh, go in peace. We'll see you next time.